listening to the Paul Bunyan podcast. This is March Madness edition. On today's podcast, we will talk about Michigan's games in the Big Ten tournament, and we'll look ahead to both Michigan and Michigan State's tournament games. Uh, Starting off, we'll recap uh, their game against Maryland, uh, known as the Juwan Gets Mad game. Whoa. Uh, uh, It was kind of overshadowed a weird game where Maryland had a big lead right away. Michigan chipped at it. I think it ended up being like a two-point deficit going in the halftime. I believe Michigan led it. Yeah, halftime. they went up. Two. Oh yeah, that's right. They led by two after being down. I think about as much as it, it was, was like double 10. digits. It was yeah. ten. Yeah, I, I think Maryland's biggest lead was twelve. Okay. In the first half. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Actually, uh, that's a good point. Someone uh, tweeted. I was obviously on Twitter during this, and uh, Michigan's down twelve with four minutes left, and they're like, "This is crucial." And I talk about it on here too. The way you finish going into halves can really be the deciding factor. I so, totally agree. Somehow, Michigan went from down 12 with less than four minutes to up by two. And that was some great basketball there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, t- I, I, I totally agree. It was, it was one of those games where I felt like, okay, we're going to figure this out and we're going to end up like beating this team. But then you started thinking, well, I don't know. Maybe we're not the same Michigan team that used to because I know what we've been doing all year. I know what – we're going to do in the second half if this is the team that I – it's the same team I've been watching. But then you think, okay, maybe we're sliding. I think back to, I guess, what was it? We beat Michigan State on a Friday. And at that point – This week, this year or was it a different year? The first of the – we played Friday and Sunday. Uh, thir- yep, Thursday and Sunday. I just we beat to- Michigan State convincingly by like 19 points. Sword and at that 69. point, nice. at that point, the, my level of like – I was up here. Okay. Now, since that day, really could it have gone really any worse? We lose our best player to injury. We lose to Michigan State. because Why? Because we can't have any fun. <laughs> because even when we're the best team in the country, we can't have any fun. Sparty will not let us have any fun. And then we, it was this whole story, oh, we're going to we're gonna kick him out of the tournament. <sighs> Beat him by 30. Could have. And then it guess what like happened? The Michigan right? State hadn't won that game. It looks like the, they want to be in the... No, exactly. We had well. That's what I mean. We had that opportunity. So they, but that was whatever Michigan fan was thinking after we beat them the first time. That now we're going to go to Breslin. We're going to beat them there. We're going to we're going to we're going to really stick it to them and laugh at them, and then we're going to go to the final four. And now I don't know if any of those things are going to happen. Well, not only did they beat Michigan State by nineteen, but that lead was bigger going into garbage time too. Like that second half was in the first half. By halftime, it was still a relatively close game. I think by halftime, Michigan was up by double digits, but for most of the first half, it was like but the, the margin was between like four and eight points. Yeah. And then uh, that's what my confidence was lower when a couple episodes ago when we were talking about playing them two or three times. It's really hard to beat a team multiple times. I agree. Adjustments are going to be made. I totally and, agree. And 
And, Especially uh, within a week of each other. I think <laughs> it's I think it's exponentially yeah. difficult. I think I think beating a team a second time in a row. You see that in college football. Sometimes like at LSU or Alabama will play each other like twice in a row. It's awfully yeah. tough to beat them a second time. I will tell you definitively that the third time is even tougher. Maybe that's why Maryland was able to get something rolling in the first half. Yeah, because that was Michigan Maryland. the third time they played each other. Yeah. yeah. I just think that there's something about it's not just the team figuring you out. It's that you you have to you, – when you beat a team – you can't then go back at them with the same thing that you just brought because you can guarantee one thing that they've learned how to do. Exactly. What, what you are they have to, to now? Yeah, exactly you, you have to then move to something different that's good, and it's the same way. Michigan State was playing for their tournament lives. Michigan had just won the Big Ten. Well, that's the thing. Exactly right. And I think we skipped something else that bad. We didn't know that Eli Brooks was going to play in the Big Ten tournament after getting hurt that Sunday. So you right. lose Brooks – uh, I was very shocked to see Eli Brooks not only playing but starting and playing well against Maryland. Yeah, played well. He had rust early on, but that only lasted like played thirty six minutes. Yeah. against Maryland. On the flip side, the Livers played like what fourteen. Was yeah. hurt. Wasn't very productive. But and we'll get into that in a minute. I do want to give kudos because Brandon Johns played very well against Maryland and Ohio State. Yep. If you was your guy, Livers didn't play against Ohio State, and Michigan had a chance to win with seconds left. And I was very impressed because I was about to turn the game off. I wasn't necessarily mad, but it was like, this this game's over. Ohio State just pushed the lead to 13, I yeah, think it was. Yeah, with Wagner fouling out. Yeah. That was... And the, the fact that uh, Hunter Dickinson thought he was Trey Burke stealing the ball from Ohio State in open court, doing a circus shot as he got fouled, should have been an and one. Yeah. Uh, and making it, and just yeah. the fact that the team didn't quit, I was yeah. having a lot of fun. I don't think I've had that much fun in a loss in a long time. Well, it was good. The, the, here's what really burned me, though, and you're right. I was very happy with the way that we come back, came back and and cut that short, but, I, but I'm used to us coming back and, like, I don't ever feel like we're out. Of, I've never felt this year like we're out of a game, and most of the time I've been convinced that we're going to win by, like, 10 or 13 or 20, and then we end up doing so. But here's what really pissed me off. We got a wonderful gift from the Big Ten championship gods, uh, a turnover with less than 30 seconds left, and now we're down one. And I don't have any problem with taking the last shot, but run a play. What are we doing out there, Brooks? I'm, I'm sorry, he, uh, Smith is there, and he's at the three-point line, and then we get one shot off, no drive, no attempt to get fouled. I mean, you get fouled, you win. Uh, you, you, you score a bucket, you win. You don't do anything, and then you just do this very pathetic step did, back and shoot and launch a three, and then oh, we missed, we lose? Like, what did, was that? What Michigan, are we doing? Did Michigan have a timeout in that situation? They called one. Oh, they did? Well, they had two. They called okay. one with about 25 seconds left. Gotcha. Okay. I believe they called the timeout. Either way. I can't remember, but I know we had, like, he's he's there. There's 22 actually, seconds, and everyone is set. The, I like He marched it down ran. all the way from 20. What was the play? Him just taking one a shot? Switch. Yeah, but here's the thing. Okay. They should have ran that play quicker because he waited too long until eight or nine, se- nine seconds left. You run that with 15 seconds left. When he's taking that shot, you have... Six or seven seconds if you get the rebound. to get a rebound and go up and get fouled. Yep. And yeah. you could even exactly. make the argument to run. Everybody knows that. Yeah. What, the, what are we doing? I don't get it. Uh, they and did. what do you mean? The switch? He just he just held it the entire time. He didn't give it, well, give it back. They didn't do well, anything. Well, Hunter Dickinson wasn't open. That's the idea. I was either going to go to Dickinson or he shoots. And that was actually an open shot. It might not be my favorite one, a step back. 
But I would even you argue you don't need a three there. You're 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 going down one point. Well, that's what they gave you. You have to you have to be able. Here's to, the thing, though. You actually, I would run it with even more time because if you miss and Ohio State gets the rebound, you foul them. Even if they make both free throws, it's still, you still a have long a chance game. to throw another one if up. The, if they only make Look, one, to, to our credit, we've we've handled these last minute of the game situations very well the entire season. This was actually very uncharacteristic uh, of us to kind of have that thing, but. There was like a Pistons game in the playoffs that kind of ended like that too, where it's like, oh, you're just trying to jump and do the thing, or it's just the last, you know, just like, just just run a play. Like, you know, um, we're so good offensively, I just wanted to run something. I wanted someone to come down hard in the paint, and either you stop me, or I'm going to score two points on a layup. If you do stop me, you know you don't want to foul me. If you foul me, I got two shots, we'll probably win that way. Yeah, I would have tried to force it to Dickinson, as long as you don't have to worry about a steal, because... Either he gets fouled or you kick it to Johns in the corner, and I really love your chances there. Mike Smith was already one for nine. That made him one for ten. Um, and I'm not going to hate on him. He had zero turnovers. He had assists. Right. Um, the game before, he took the supposed defensive player of the year, Big Ten defensive player of the year, uh, and scores like 15 points and 18 assists or yep. the other way around. Yeah. Um, and that guy went shut up. That was his foul. first double-double, I believe. Probably would be because he's like he, the time he had ten assists, he only had like he didn't get there in points. Like, yeah. but he is basically kind of like a double double guy. It just he doesn't get he doesn't get the actual right. stat. But yeah. you think of him as being that double double guy. He uh he had a lot uh, double doubles. You know, with the assists. Yeah, right, the assists right. are people do it a different yeah. way. I mean, this is a different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is more your Xavier guard, Simpson yeah. type of mm-hmm. double double. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I can't really complain about the way they played in the Big Ten tournament. It really sucks about livers. Best uh, Michigan's really keeping it close to their chest about what exactly his injury status is. He seems to be hinting that he thinks he's going to play. Oh, see, I, now I hadn't heard that. What I heard is stress fracture out indefinitely. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing indefinitely. Some strange word though on WTKA that it would be quote miraculous if he played. Okay, okay, that, but here's here's the other thing I want to bring up. That's and, what I was thinking and, too. And I don't know if this is. I don't know anything about anything, but I do know that maybe he feels like, let's take a cortisone shot, let's ride through the pain, and let me just get out there on the court for a game or two. So the Brooks, uh, uh, the Brooks, uh, <laughs> because the Brooks like, method. Yeah. Well, how the do these run. things go? I mean, stress fracture, when I think stress stress fracture, I think Greg Oden, and then you never quite get better from it. It just never, yeah. like, is this, a, this, this doesn't that's, seem to be an injury that is very appealing, that's right? That's what Langford first had in 2019. His junior season, like it wasn't that at first. It was just like a sore foot, and I was like, oh, "I'll be back in a couple of weeks. This is good. Let the young kids develop in his spot." And then eventually, it just wasn't getting better. wasn't getting better. So I, I don't know. When I hear like stress or fracture in the foot for a basketball player, that just to me just means like at least four weeks. In in my belief, well, well I mean, who knows? I what mean, I saw from a trainer is it depends on exactly what it is because not yeah. all stress fractures in the foot are the same. That's they true. said it could be a two to three week thing, or it could be like a two to three month thing. Yeah. So I think the question is, do you risk your future by playing? Meaning, if it's just painful to go through it, but you get to play if you just ride out through the pain, and there's no chance of hurting it further. But I think, I think the concern would be. You know, don't throw away your entire potential NBA career for uh, for a game in college. Right. Livers does actually have a – he could be a role player in the – he could find himself a career in the NBA, don't you right. think? 
yeah. Do you think, Mike? Yeah, I, I just he's going to probably be undrafted free agent. Um, he's not showing up on draft boards. Uh, doesn't mean he's not good. Doesn't mean it can't be argued he's the best player on the team. It's just damn it, undrafted. I mean, was it these guys like Burke and? Hardaway, these guys get drafted. Livers is a talented guy. Jordan Poole went early. Are you saying he would go undrafted? Yeah. Wow. I, I think well, if that's he what, that's what NBA scouts. Yeah, I think if he was two inches taller, I mean that How might tall is Livers? Six seven. Okay. Yeah, he's too slow to play a small forward position in the NBA, but he's not big enough to play a power. That's right. Forward. He doesn't have a home. He's too much of a hybrid. I mean, at least as courting the scouts. Remember Duncan Robinson. But what I think is he could, thought of as. And Nick yeah. Salskis was a uh, number eight overall pick, so you never know. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, Stauskas didn't have an, a terrible NBA career. I mean, he was out in just a few years, and he was a okay. lottery pick. I mean. Flash in the pan. Duncan Robinson wanted to learn defense. I don't know if Stauskas had the same drive there. The thing is that, yeah, I don't know. I, lo- I love both those players. Duncan yeah. Robinson, I think his three-point efficiency made it. You know, put him on the map, yeah. gave him something unique that that he could do that was special, and I and I but but Livers, I don't know, man. He's I think he's got some upside in the NBA as a guy that could come in off the bench and make a spark. And guys, play guys 10 drafted a in the second round and they're undrafted. It, it could depend yeah. on what system he goes to because people were saying the exact same stuff about Draymond Green. Too small to be a center, but like too. I was actually gonna too slow. Yeah, I was actually gonna bring up uh, Draymond and Carlos Boozers. Those were both second round picks, and I mean, there's more of them, but those are two guys I always remember being second round picks and having long NBA careers. Yeah. So I mean, that that's definitely not me slandering uh, Livers. It's just is what it is. With it's unfortunate about the NBA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you talk about the three best players in Michigan. I think. Depending on how you look at it. No, it's it Brooks, Dickinson, Fran- Livers. Yep, yep. And then Franz I- is exactly number four. <laughs> He's yeah. exactly number four. Wait, who? You Franz. put Brooks? I put Brooks above. You know? Well, no, I put Franz above Brooks. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, thought you would go the other way. No, well, I think Brooks is very important. Franz is slotted right now as a possible lottery pick. But Franz I mean, is my number three, I think, right now behind. I'd say, I'd say it's uh, like Dickinson, Livers, Franz. But here's the thing, too. I, I was saying these three guys are all about the same uh, value to Michigan, but what separates Franz, and this just shows that where the NBA is going, is he's taller than Livers, but he has a better shot than Dickinson. Dickinson right now, his issue is he can't shoot the three, and the NBA doesn't really want you unless you can shoot the three. Very few exceptions. And then Livers is almost undersized for his position at the four. Right. So that's what, like, that's a really big oversimplification, but that's, like, what scouts look at. No, I get it. I understand. Draymond, he helped himself by being able not only to rebound, but shoot the three. So it doesn't matter that he's six foot seven or however, six foot nine, whatever yeah. he is. Livers might not be about. an all star <laughs> in the NBA, but he's, I, I feel like he can Would go you have want your favorite team to sign him if he was an undrafted free agent? Of course. He's a good dude. He's I just good. like him. You know, I like him a lot. I've liked Livers ever since we drafted him. He's my favorite player of that draft class. Uh, obviously, I love Simpson yeah, a lot, but Livers really is one of my favorite players. players to ever come through Michigan. I love his demeanor. I love his attitude. I love the way that he commands the floor. Like I said, it seemed like there were a ton of times during the season when momentum started to shift, and they 
The other team went up seven, and then all of a sudden he just goes and shoots a three and says, no, it's four. And then all of a sudden the momentum shifts. Yep. Some guys have an ability to just go out and say, like, I'm the senior on the floor. And that's what would happen sometimes with Livers. He would do things and pass around, but then at some point he would just take the ball and be like, here's what I'm going to do to you. Yeah. Um, I just love it. I love the way he plays. It, it was definitely Livers' team. Like, he, yeah, he was the man. Yeah, that's right. Team. That's I mean, right. Draymond, by the way, 6'6", six, six, so shorter than, than even we thought. You know, uh, this is totally going off topic, but we're talking basketball, so screw it. Think about some of the best rebounders of all time in the NBA. Ben Wallace, six foot nine. He's probably not really six foot nine. That's what he gets listed as. Really undersized as a center. Dennis Rodman listed at six eight. Michael Jordan has posted pictures of them side by side. He's like, Rodman's not two inches taller than me. Six foot six. Uh, Bill Lambert, big guy, but he's not a seven footer. Right. Uh, Draymond. Those are four guys. Draymond, 6'6". Six, six. Four oh, guys Wikipedia. that are Charles Barkley, 6'6", six, six, probably really like 6'4". Those are some of the best rebounders in NBA history. None of them are seven-footers. They're all kind of undersized for their position. A lot of basketball is about your drive, your passion. and how much. Yep. And, uh, I mean, that's what I, if I, if I was a liver's agent or a family member or a friend of his, that's what I would uh, tell him. You know, if yeah. you have the passion, you can make it. The other thing about him is he does everything very well, but he's not necessarily outstanding at any one thing. He's not their best three-point shooter. He's not their best defender. He's not their best scorer. He's shooting forty-four percent at one point, though. That's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's nothing. No, no, he's very good. And it, actually, this year has been is his best year by far with that. Actually, it's his best year with everything. But he's always been a good shooter, but he just was very, very selective early on, and so he's, his percentage was so high because he only took a shot when he had lots of room. And he's kind of a mellow guy. It seems like when he really gets in tune and decides he's going to be energetic, it seems like Michigan takes a step up. And I, I actually wish I would see that passion a little bit more from him if I was nitpicking his game. Yeah. Well, you remember was, what, uh, it was the second game of this year, the Oakland game. Him and Juwan Howard were kind of getting into it in the huddle like when, when the game was kind of on the ropes, you know, and then – Livers was really the catalyst that led that comeback early on against Oakland in the second game of the year. Oh, yeah. okay. And he's and it, won. It happened like all after him and Juwan were kind of at each other's throats. Yeah, I almost forget about that. That was a long time ago now. That's a good. Ago, that's a, that's a nice pull. Livers. So he was a freshman when we went to the championship, right? Yep. So you know he starts out his first year. He goes to the championship. <laughs> that's awfully exciting. Too bad he had to miss now two two tournaments in a row, basically potentially. Yeah. yeah. And then that was after a junior year that, like I said, he had two different uh, – he was injured two different times and missed games. Yeah. I'm trying to see. I know he is a team captain. I'm trying to see who Michigan's other team captain is. But, I mean, he has a lot of respect in the locker room. He's a co-captain of this team. Yep. And, Brooks? Well, I will tell you that I have gone from being convinced that Michigan would win the championship – to convince that we would make the Final Four to now, I don't know that we're a Final Four team right now. I don't know if we make it the Final Four. Uh, all you, oh. I'm going to have to take a look, a good hard look. I think it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be really tough for us. It, it has uh, Davis and Brooks both listed here. I think there's okay. only some, two. Some teams roll with like three, four captains. They're all, se- they're all seniors. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think that the team, I mean, I think, so this is what I think we're going to have without Livers. I think, first of all, we're going to be able to be, like, St. Bonaventure is, like, a very short team. Those guys, like, they, they don't have a guy that's, like, above six foot. Yeah. And so we're going to be able to just 
get by on counting on a lot of like points in the paint. Like, oh, we don't need to get into this yet. Oh, sorry. That's what I was just That's premature. I was just going to ask, what, where are we in this segment? Yeah, we're still talking Big Ten tournament, I guess, and then what, we, we what, can say any final thoughts we have about the Big Ten tournament and we can move on to next I, was, I mean, I obviously I was disappointed, but I can't hate on the team. I thought they played very well. Um, when I first saw the beginning of Ohio State-Illinois game, I was like, oh, my God, Illinois is playing lights out. Like, I was, yeah. Michigan might have dodged a bullet, but when I saw the team that we were going back and forth with, you know, take them to overtime, I was like, even without livers, I, yeah. I would have loved to get another crack at a at a Illinois. I, I thought Michigan displayed great heart on Saturday against Ohio State because I, I pretty much turned it off when Ohio State's lead had gotten up to it was like six or eight points, and Wagner had just fouled out. I was kind of like, yeah, this was a fun game to watch. It was definitely a fitting rematch of their their showdown last month, but this game's over. And then Mike texted. Uh, the two of us, Chris, and said, I love the way Michigan is closing this game. I was like, that's cool. Like, what is it? And I checked the score. I'm like, holy crap. So I, <laughs> I, I pretty much switched just in time to see Ohio State turn it over and then, like, Michigan have a chance at the end. So I, I meant to go back and watch exactly what transpired because I thought no no uh, Livers, no Wagner. I was like, yeah, Ohio State's just going to run away with this one. But, no, I, I thought Michigan displayed great art both against Maryland, even though they were – a far superior team to Maryland, and then against Ohio State. Well, I think when both teams are healthy, they are. I think Michigan is superior, but they're a little bit more even, even keeled than Michigan Maryland matchup. Yeah, um, Maryland. You know, I, I had kind of forgotten that they hated Michigan. <laughs> um, the first game. Sometimes you kind of forget about which team, which random Big Ten teams hate your teams. Like Iowa fans hate Michigan State. Uh, really, most Michigan do. State fans hate Purdue. Really, like, yeah. There's, I guess you have to That's be weird. on Twitter to know who hates who. But yeah, apparently Maryland and Michigan, Mar- Maryland fans have beef with Michigan. Yeah, this Why? year, this is because beats me. They blew, blew no. them out three different times. Maryland played lights out in the first half. The first Ball game, the first game Michigan Ball played, but Michigan was in that hot streak where the first half they just were going tit for tat with Maryland. And the second half, Maryland couldn't keep shooting threes at that rate. They were kind of hitting some that, you know, you don't always they hit. They good, though, in the first half, didn't they? I was I, watching that Maryland it's team. It's hard like, to be a team, team could, three different team times. do well in the yeah. tournament. I, I think Michigan wasn't as up for it, you know. Uh, the first time they played, Hunter Dickinson, that was his coming out party. I don't know yeah. if it was his first game, but that was the game where he was mean mugging the bench because Mark Turgeron didn't want to recruit him, if you remember that. And the second game, that was during Michigan's, like, really hot run where they were just creaming teams. And I felt like Michigan's getting more crap from certain fan bases because there was these blowouts throughout the season and these other fan bases didn't forget it. And then Illinois is seeing us go on a break and they're like, you know, they, there was a three game deficit. I think at one point when they started chirping, maybe a two game, you know, and so they're calling a Mickey Mouse big, big 10 title and, Right, you know that game between them and Michigan definitely meant more than that. Somebody in Illinois claimed it. They said, "Wow, we beat them, and they're supposed to be the champ, and we won three games, and any Big Ten game could go any way. They played three less than us, and all this stuff." And so it's like I don't know. But you look at the percentage; it was like they lost like six, and we lost like two. So I was like, "I don't know." (laughs) Winning percentage that seemed really late. The way the season ended, I can see why. But they were mad before they knew they were going to beat 
Michigan, Ohio State to close out the season and that Michigan would drop yeah. one. Uh, it was kind of preemptive, but, I mean, they're hungry. Their program's kind of stunk for, like, 12 or 13 years, like two well, or and three. Everybody, everybody's <laughs> going to get their, their chance here, you know, here yeah. on March 19th to kick things off and show you what you really got, and some of these teams are going to get go further than I think people predicted. I don't have much more to say about Big Ten. What were you going to say? I was going to say, before we wrap this segment, we were talking off air, and Chris said something to, along the lines of the liver's injury might be the most devastating he's experienced in sports. Chris, I thought maybe we could all, like, pitch in what we think our personal most. You know, just really tug on those, like, those those bad memories. Yeah, I was going to, yeah, yeah, so exactly. So what I said was, you know, this is the kind of the, the single most impactful injury for me just as far as um, making me feel sad. I remember, like, Eiserman being out of, I think, a finals or things yeah. down the stretch. I remember um, Isaiah Thomas almost missed that game, but he just wrapped his leg up and kept playing. I'm trying to think of other games where, or finals, or where you, you were without a really key player down the thing. But for me, I just thought like we had, we all had the disappointment of last year, and now we're the best team in the country, and now we lose our best player, our leader, just days before we're about to kick off on his senior tour, one that I expected to take us to the Final Four. It just yeah. makes me sad. It took the wind out of my sails. I still think that I'll be ready to go come tip-off, oh, yeah. and I'll still enjoy this tournament. Um, and maybe this is the story that ends up like inspiring the players. Sometimes you know we want it for him or whatever. Sometimes there's adversity that ends up actually turning into a blessing. I don't see it as such right now, but anything can happen. And then the other part of it is... Um, you know, you don't know sometimes when guys that when you lose your best player or one of your best players, it gives other guys an opportunity to rise to the occasion and they know exactly what the chance could be there. And so maybe it's a guy like Brandon Johns or other guys that rise to the, the table and change things. So. Yeah. Mike, do you have one? Yeah. Real quick, Johns, I think, has played great without worrying about whether he's going to get pulled for making a mistake. Uh, I have a speaking about this being a blessing in disguise, I remember. Uh, Michigan, you know, get their airplane getting blown off the runway. Oh, yeah. And then they, I was like, oh, that, that, <laughs> their, their minds are going to be elsewhere. And they beat Illinois in their practice jerseys and underwear. That's uh, right. And it uh, really, that's a great example. That really brought us together. Here's another thing like that Louisville team when that kid um, Kevin had his shin went through the, then they like did a, that was like their like thing, their adversity that they overcame. The year that we went to the championship with Burke and those guys, you know, we had no business beating Kansas in the Elite Eight. We were down, like, we had no business. We just stole one. And it was like, we got away with that one. And that, like, propelled us. Sometimes there's something that propels you. There's that Jordan Poole shot that was like. Today's the three-year anniversary. I had that come in my memories. Actually, I'll probably get it tomorrow, really, because that happened after midnight, if I recall. (laughs) Uh, Also, it was before my time, but uh, our coach decided to go to Arizona State. And uh, Steve Fisher taking over in yeah. 1989. Uh, a couple bad uh, uh, injuries. Karis uh, LeVert that year that Michigan uh, missed the tournament. Still feel like if they would have had him, they could have at least like gotten. I mean, he was he injured. He was good. He was so he was injured the next year, but not quite as bad. Uh, obviously, Konstantinov. I said that one. That you know that happened within hours or days of Michigan. Oh, 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 so cup. sad. These it, guys are just, they're celebrating their greatest moment of their professional careers, and then just it put, you know it, that didn't even matter. It put cool got, water yeah. on your celebration too. You went yeah. from feeling like we are the champions yeah. to. Oh man, yeah. I hope this guy. Same, same thing happened when they, they traded um, 
you know, the, when, the when, yeah, exactly. So we're not the bad he, boys he anymore. Got, yeah, he, got he went to the Rap. He went to the yeah. Raptors. We didn't yeah. even play for. But anyway, that wasn't an injury. But yeah. yeah. For me, for me, the most devastating injury was Kalen Lucas in the second round of the 2010 NCAA tournament against mm-hmm. Maryland. And it did lead to one of the great shots in Michigan State history, Corey Lucius hitting the buzzer beater with Draymond Green taking the ball up the court with like 10 seconds left and Michigan State's down one. And he swings it across court to Corey Lucius and Delvon Rose running. And Delvon Rowe ducks at just the perfect moment for the ball to go over his head and not hit him in the face. So Lucius catches it, pumps fakes, and then hits the three at the buzzer. Michigan State did go on to the Final Four that year, but if they had Kalen Lucas on that team, I just there was nobody in that. It's what could have been is what. Yeah, it, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, but in terms of like blessing in disguise, I always think back to the Michigan State Ohio State football game where Connor Cook. We didn't find out until right until right at kickoff that Connor Cook wasn't going to play. I was like, well, this is this is going to be ugly. And then it ended up being one of the most improbable wins in my lifetime. McGarry in 2014, I still wonder what it would have been like to have a little bit more depth on that team. And Jordan Morgan, you know, it seemed to really do well. He stepped up. But just having a guy, if uh, Jordan Morgan gets in foul trouble, come off the bench, especially with how McGarry played. That March, it seemed the year like before. if he didn't test positive for marijuana, he would have come back. It seemed like that yeah, was the would've. reason why he kind of kind of forced his hand. Yeah. But I think he was going to stay if it weren't for that. Yeah, it's just so yeah. stupid and frustrating because the 2015 year they lost Dalskis, they lost McGarry, they lost Morgan. Uh, Lavert was hurt that year. Horford transferred. Horford transferred, which was stupid because you just lost. Morgan and uh, now you've got your yeah. chance. Yeah, yeah, now you have your chance. Walton was missed, Walton hurt? Walton missed a lot of time. Even Spike, who was Walton's backup, missed a couple games. Yeah. It was just like <laughs> that was actually a really fun team to watch in some ways. You got yeah. to see some fan favorites get some time, but yeah. Another injury that just just came to me was you know what about uh, Adam Banks, uh, Mighty Ducks one, <laughs> you know goes down and then it's like. Yeah, and then he's coming off the ice, you know, and he's on the stretcher, and you, you know it was dirty. You know what I mean? You knew that they did that, I think, on purpose. But what did it do? It drove the rest of the team, you know, to go ahead and... Uh... Exactly. <laughs> but I think that wraps up the Big Ten tournament. On the flip side, we'll get to the first ever March Madness preview on the Paul Bunyan podcast. American folklore tells the story of Paul Bunyan, a lumberjack of enormous size and strength who along with his blue ox babe, carved the American countryside, creating many of its landscapes and natural wonders. The major logging state of Michigan has its own battle of men of enormous size and strength as the Michigan Wolverines and Michigan State Spartans square off in an annual showdown on the college football gridiron. They play for the Paul Bunyan Trophy, a fitting prize for this historic Big Ten showdown. It is the first ever Paul Bunyan podcast March Madness preview show. Whoa, that's really exciting. Last year, our final show came days before the Big Ten tournament was shut down. Everything was shut down. So we are, we are so happy to finally be able to look at some brackets, fill out some... 
some sleeper Make picks. some bold predictions. Truly missed. Yep. So. Uh, how many episodes did you guys do before I before I came we on? We got to 25 episodes last year, but keep okay. in mind we had a full football season last year. Yep. I think we're at like, this would this would be 22 this year. So how many have you done together? 21? I think we got two episodes in pre-Chris, so this would be like 19 or 20. Okay, so so I just want to get to the point where you guys have done more shows with me than you've done by yourself. It's kind of like dating a girl to where like her longest relationship was like two years, and then you get past that two year mark. It's like, what about, what about us? Right. What about us? It's natural. Yeah. The one seeds in this NCAA tournament: the undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs, the Baylor Bears, the Illinois Fighting Illini, and Mike and Chris's Michigan Wolverines. I mean, Gonzaga, they ent- they entered the tournament undefeated. First team to do that since Kentucky back in the day, 2015. But, yeah, we can just do a bracket-by-bracket bracket breakdown. I'll, I'll do a quick preview. Michigan State did make it into the tournament, but they are in the playing game. They will be playing the UCLA Bruins on Thursday night at the hellhole. That is Mackey Arena. This is a, They've played UCLA each of the last two years and won pretty handily both times, but this UCLA team is very different. First of all, the last time they faced was in Maui last season. It was Mick Cronin's first month as the head coach. Now I feel like he's really starting to find a groove with his team. And I, I can't say I know too much about UCLA, but I know that about a month ago, they seemed like they were firmly in. They could have possibly been like a 6-7 seed. But yeah, Mike just gave me the four fingers. They've lost their last four games, and uh, some of them have been pretty unpretty. That explains the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, they probably have one or well, two. Actually, good actually, most of those, all of those games have been within single digits. So, were to they be fair to UCLA? Who did they lose to? Good teams or? Well, Colorado. Where was it? it was at Colorado? Oh, that's hard because at, of that elevation. At Oregon, I don't remember if Oregon. Oregon's like a seven seed. Okay. Versus USC. Six seed versus Oregon State. So, so they were all three of those teams are definitely in. Is Oregon State in? I don't recall. I believe Oregon State won the Pac-12 tournament. Okay, I'm trying to see if they're in. They don't. That yes, doesn't Oregon really... State is playing Tennessee in Illinois in the Orange bracket. Okay, uh, they're 17 and 12, so they were probably like a 500 team before they got on a hot streak and won the tournament. Yeah, the, uh, UCLA seems to be the, like the cutoff point for good teams in the Pac-12. Like Oregon seems pretty good, USC, Colorado are solid, and then UCLA finished fourth. Below them doesn't really seem like any really solid teams aside from Oregon State, who got hot and won the conference tournament, so they were in it as an automatic bid. Yeah, not necessarily a bad team at 17 and 12, but probably on the wrong side of the bubble until they got hot. I'm talking about Oregon State. Okay. Uh, uh, Pac-12 after dark is mostly fun. Just if you're into Bill Walton, football. Yeah. Well, if you're into Bill Walton and uh, uh, you know him, I'm not drinking wine and doing mushrooms before going on a national <laughs> broadcast. Who's into Bill Walton? <laughs> Hated him as a player. Kind of like him as an announcer. Sometimes he's a little much. Yeah. Uh, just real quick though, they lost to Colorado at home and. I feel like this is relevant because Colorado's in our in Michigan, Michigan State's bracket, right? As the five? Yes, that's the five. Yes. Colorado, their home and away splits are amazing. Are like, they like Minnesota? Higher. Really? Probably because Minnesota fell off, but yeah. also that elevation playing mile high. It's kind of like the Denver Broncos. Right. 
they're Denver Nuggets. Yeah, they're, they're like number six defense when they're at home. They drop to like thirty something when they're away. So right. uh, I see how they do against Georgetown, and if they get farther, who else they would? Georgetown's play? another team that. The Oregon State of this East. Time last week, <laughs> yeah, this time last week was not projected to be an NCAA tournament team, but just got hot at the right time. They won the Big East tournament going away. Patrick Ewing was asked for identification at Madison Square Garden, got pissed about it, as he should, and put that... <laughs> <laughs> That's my jersey up in the rack. Put that anger into his players. But real quick, you want to get to Michigan State, I'm oh, sure. Yeah, so I was just looking at UCLA. I don't know too much about them. I know their leading scorer is Johnny Jazang, I believe his last name is pronounced, which is fun to say. Jazang! Uh, he averages 14. That is fun. Tiger Campbell is their point guard. He was a long-time <coughs> Michigan State recruit. Izzo was going after him pretty hard, probably because of his wacky hairdo. But now we've got Hogarth on the team who has sideshow bob hair, so we got that filled out. Gabe Brown, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Gabe Brown's got the afro. <laughs> you and I were talking about that the other day. I didn't even recognize his freshman picture. Yeah, uh, Gabe Brown <laughs> has evolved. But but Hogarth, he's he's got the sideshow bob from the Simpsons hair going oh, on. Nice. Uh, so I really like that hair. And then uh, Cody Riley is also a solid contributor for them. UCLA, like I said, I, I can't say I've watched them too much. I know Michigan State has played them the last two years. But from what I'm hearing, it's, it's not a bad draw for Michigan State, especially if they get past UCLA. They will be playing BYU on Saturday night at Hinkle Arena, which is where Butler plays. And from what I've heard, like, I, yeah, I was a little bit upset that after the wins that they amassed, they – they had to do the first four game. But if you, if you look at their resume overall, it's it's not the worst thing. I, I just think I'm more overall pissed that, like, Syracuse doesn't have to and their record was far worse and the ACC was a lot worse than the Big Ten this year. Like, Michigan State and, and Syracuse had similar records in their conference, and I just think the Big Ten is head and shoulders and waist bone above the ACC. I was, I was kind of talking when we – we're talking it about seems this. It's like a money weeks grab ago. having like Michigan State, UCLA. There is definitely a part like a of that. Time you and I were that. talking about that on Thursday. I also, and when we were comparing different resumes, like to Duke and Michigan State a couple weeks ago. Yeah. The problem with Michigan Duke didn't make it, so that's great. <laughs> the problem with Michigan State is, yeah, their peaks are higher, but their valleys are lower. Exactly. That's that's why I'm not too upset about it. Plus, they're they're in. So they a month be, ago, a month ago, I. Thought they weren't within a stone's throw of the NCAA tournament. So it also sometimes can be a benefit in a way to play first. Yeah. Uh, so you're not as my rusty. main concern is the fact that it's being played at Mackey Arena, which has just been a nightmare crap hole for Michigan State since 2014. They haven't won there since 2014. That's why Purdue plays. I was going to say, is that why Michigan State and Purdue seem to have this now, like beef that M- Michigan fans like me? Don't really understand. <laughs> now, Purdue will not be at the game, so we will see how that affects it. Is it just the way Purdue plays there, or is it the way Michigan State plays there? We will see. But I'm, I'm very excited about the prospect of maybe seeing Michigan State three times this weekend. And, yeah, like I said, if they win, they play BYU. <coughs> the only thing I know about BYU is they were up big on Gonzaga at halftime and then ended up losing big. But, yeah, fun fact about UCLA, they had the same game against Oregon postponed not once, not twice, not but three thrice. times. Oh. Four times they had their game against Oregon postponed. And it happened at very different times in the year. So it just wasn't meant to be. Did they end up playing? They did. 
I think they only played once, and they were supposed to play twice. Yeah, they played at in Eugene, and uh, Oregon won by eight. That was that's part of the four game losing streak that UCLA is on. Are you happy that the Michigan-Michigan State game was rescheduled and the second one was put there? Because the, well, the second one was where it was supposed to be scheduled. The, the game at Breslin Center? Uh, is that what you mean? Oh, the Thursday game was the one that was added? Yeah, they were supposed to play February 6th. I wonder, though, if Michigan would have won that game. Yeah. Right, so I can't say I hate it. <laughs> it, would have, it. It is harder to win on the road even without fans, though. Yeah. But I do. That would have probably been Michigan's clincher. Hmm. But anyways, moving on. Uh, I, I No, we don't have to move on. We can break this game down more before we go to Michigan. Sure. I kind of... I have this feeling that Michigan State's going to beat UCLA, but I kind of feel like BYU gets them. Yeah, I'm, and honestly, UCLA could get them, but I feel like <clears throat> yeah. It, one, one thing that Michigan State might actually have to its advantage is that, is that they have been playing with their backs to the wall for the last three weeks, and the only time they haven't been playing with their back against the wall was Thursday against Maryland when they, they came out pretty nicely, but then let the lead slip and they ended up Losing pretty embarrassingly, but before that, you know, the, the the stretch to end the regular season, for the most part, with their backs against the wall and very slim room for mar, very little margin of error. My goodness, they performed pretty well. It looks like UCLA. Some people have them as the early favorite, but the money is going Michigan State's way, so people are betting on Michigan State. It wouldn't surprise me if State beat UCLA and beat BYU. I think Texas would be really. Uh, a tough that, game. Yeah. I think. I, I, I think. Just love to see it. I would yeah. love to, to get to the second round and be playing <clears> in Texas. Well, listen. If you win that first one, because it's almost that's kind of unique because m- most people don't have that first one. Then if you get in, you get a chance to play Texas to go to the Sweet Sixteen. That's awfully special. But I will say, I would say, as a Sweet Sixteen draw, maybe nobody tougher than Bama. Those guys are so good yeah. defensively, and they're. A really great two seed. So I think I think it's a tough draw after the first two. I think Texas and Bama are, are two back to back really difficult games. I'd have to agree. And there should be a, a rule that if you win the football national championship, you don't get to be that good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no more like Florida back in the days. Like we just don't want that anymore. But Let's spread the word a little bit. But we're both. I mean, this Paul well, Bunyan podcast did. basically reflects uh, two schools that have very strong, except for Michigan football. Very strong uh, in two sports, right? I mean, isn't that what makes it? I mean, also aside from Michigan State football this year. Well, maybe this year, but like when you guys were winning Rose Bowls uh, with D'Antonio and and going to the Final Four with Izzo, that was like how many teams would? Because there's plenty of times when you look at it, oh, North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, but they can't do anything in football. Exactly. So I think it is special. So I I like schools that that have that, uh, that have it both ways. I I don't mind. It's my school. (laughs) Who are these guys? Who who do they think they are? What is this? But BYU, I don't know. (laughs) All I know is that they're Mormons and that they they lost a big lead to Gonzaga. (laughs) From what I hear, they're they're a very sharp-shooting team. But UCLA, the the point guard matchup concerns me because I do know Tiger. I, I don't know him personally, but I know Tiger Campbell's style of play. And as a point guard, he looks out for his other teammates. Rocket Watts is up and down. Hogard is inconsistent. Sometimes we're putting Langford at the point guard, and that's that's what I think will keep Michigan State from making like a run run. Like they might they might win two games and have a nice game 
Monday against Texas, but you really got to have your point guard and your shooting guard rolling at the same time in order to make a run run. Like, I'm talking Elite Eight, Final Four, championship game. I actually think the tournament sets up nicely for Michigan State. I do like BYU and Texas, but I think Bama, Florida State, and UConn are the teams other than my own that I would look out for in this yeah. region. And I hate I hate always being in the same bracket as UConn. Yeah, they played a good uh a good uh, chunk of their season this year without their NBA pick. So Yeah, now he's back. What's his, James yeah. Book Knight. I, I knew he, it. he's just taking them over the top. Like like they were not a I am team so ago. happy UConn and Flor and uh, Alabama play in the second round. Assuming neither one of them gets upset in the first round. Right. So cuz one of them will take each other out and Michigan's going to well, I guess they want to play them right away, but it, it, they would. Michigan would be playing one of them in the Elite Eight. Yeah, and then Florida State. I actually think they deserve the three seed, and Texas should be the four. I know it's nitpicking at that point, but I think Texas is good. Yeah. Uh, Florida State's a little bit better, in my opinion. And just and Texas, obviously Texas sometimes gets a bump because they are a brand, even though they've never won a national championship in basketball. They're still Shaka Smith's a done brand. a good job. Shaka, of, yeah. Shaka Smart is also a brand because... Oh, I said Shaka Smith. Shaka Smart, yeah. Because the first year that they had the first four games, he played in that game and then went to a Final Four. And no no other team that has played in the first four has done that since. He's done a good job with this team, too. He's yeah. changed his defense. And while they're not I, I, their uh, offense is a little bit better than their defense, they, yeah. they and BYU are good on both ends of the floor, but they're not great on either ends of the floor. I forget. Did they add... Yaklich, yes. Texas? Yeah, okay. but he, he's not there this year. He went and became a head coach. So he was there last year? Yeah, he was there for a couple of years. And Tom, Tom Flash. Uh, no, he, he was only there year. one year, yeah. yeah. So let's let's break down that region a little bit, since that is where both the Wolverines and Spartans <clears throat> are residing, and this is after was, all the Paul Bunny podcast. Go ahead. I was, just, I was just thinking, what if, what if Michigan State gets by UCLA, gets by BYU, and they catch fire and beat a Texas and a Bama, and then they match up against the Michigan Wolverines for a chance to go to the Final Four. Now, what a storyline that would be. That's that so, would be crazy. That's Man, crazy. wouldn't that be wild? That would be fun. It I, would take some hot shooting. You know they did this. Time. You know they did that on purpose. Yeah, they did. Yeah. For sure. I think Michigan State's – let's see. Let me do it in my head. When would they play Bama or UConn? Sweet 16? Sweet 16. I think they're – I think they could get to the Sweet 16. It'd be a great story. I don't think I they think beat Texas that. or Bama, but if they I beat those they two back-to-back... Back, I, I don't right. think they beat Bama. Here's, here's yeah, how, how I kind so of view this, this weekend with the potential, the potential to play UCLA, then BYU, then Texas. I kind of look at it as when Michigan State played Indiana and then Illinois and then two days later Ohio State, which was a couple weeks ago. You know, So they've gone through a similar stretch like this and at the time, Indiana was viewed as a tournament team. Now, obviously, they have fallen off the face of the earth and fired Archie Miller earlier today. So I, I kind of view it like this. It's, it's an opportunity is what they called it back a couple weeks ago when they were playing Indiana, then Illinois, then Ohio State. But it was that was an opportunity to get to this point. Now it's an opportunity to kind of make a name for yourself, as, as Izzo likes to say, leave a footprint in the sand for, the, for your program. I think they're all three teams are beatable. I and Michigan State's extremely beatable too. Yeah, I, well, I, I give the edge to BYU, but I could see them beating BYU in Texas. Uh, like I said, I'm not in love with any 
of those teams, BYU and Texas are well-rounded. Um, they're 24th and 26th in Ken Palm. Yes, Texas is 26th in Ken Palm as a three seed, which is weird because it actually seems like the committee was looking at Ken Palm when they did the seeding this year, which is definitely different than past years. You, but, know, you know who is coaching in this bracket that we have not talked about and will be facing off against Nate Oates in Alabama in round one? Who's that? That's Rick Pitino in the Iona oh. Gales <laughs> basketball team. That, That's right. Rick Pitino is back in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and he he might end up at uh, Indiana or Minnesota. Oh, by the way, How speaking funny of, would that be? Speaking of Indiana, Minnesota. <laughs> my wife decided that she was going to name her bracket. We had subs. It was crazy. So I had to one up her. So I decided I'm going to name mine Archie Miller's agent. Archie Miller's agent. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, That's but great. one of the things that actually, uh, and I believe Alabama has one first round NBA prospect. Uh, he doesn't light up the numbers because it's kind of like Michigan where usage is kind of split 20% among the five starters. But I think Nate Yotes, Nate Oates is such a good coach that that is what scares me. Exactly. He was who I wanted Michigan to get when Beeline left, but he had already made the jump to Bama. So it was like if Beeline had left like April 1st or something, Michigan – Obviously, things worked out, and I love that we have Jawan Howard. But right. he no, was yeah. better at the time. You were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Michigan, they will be facing either Mount St. Mary's or Texas Southern. Don't know anything about either one of them. Michigan. Yeah, sorry, yeah. we're not Virginia, yeah. so if, we can just move on. To if the next they, round. if <laughs> assuming, assuming they move on, they will face either either the Bonnies or the Money Tigers. I don't know. What, what, what was the last? Maybe you remember. The, I think I remember the, the last time that we went out in the first round of the tournament. Do you remember? 2013. 2012. 12. Yeah. Right, 13 was a championship. <laughs> so the year I remember was Darius Morris when we lost to Ohio. Oh, no, it was Derek Walton Jr.'s team that lost to Ohio. No, that was Trey Burke. Burke's team lost to Ohio. Was a, he, was a, he was a freshman. Okay, but I got the that team right. A, okay. That was the only reason he came back. Oh man! Was, blessing in, talk that was a, the worst. Talk about that a blessing in disguise, though. Yeah, it, it got Burke to come back. Who would have been running point if Burke wasn't there? Then hey, I'll year? take that loss to get Burke the yeah. following year. Absolutely, I would. But at that time, that loss was devastating. Yeah. Uh, I don't see us losing the first round. I started talking about this last segment. I think the first two are going to be washes for us. St. Bonaventures. They, they, they don't have a lot of height, and what I believe is that we're not going to miss uh, Livers really until we run into Florida State, who I respect a lot. I think it's a team that, that um, is athletic, runs the floor well, has a lot of maturity. I think they – they size. Huh? They have depth and size. Yeah. They just seem to be more mature than some of these other teams. I think they will beat Florida State, but I think that will be our first real test. Yeah. Okay. If, if Texas is coming out of the other side, let's see – yeah, it'd either be te- Ooh, Texas or Bama would be the favorites. I fear Bama tremendously. They are so good. I would feel better about it if we if Levers was healthy. But like I said, I really respect their coaching. Uh, overachieved, by the way. I know the SEC isn't the strongest basketball conference this year, but I think Oates got more with less. Um, it would be interesting to see Juwan and him go at it uh, in the Elite Eight. If Michigan gets that far, I definitely will be happy. Um, 
I, I wish Texas was the four seed. I think Michigan would match up better with them than Florida State. Like I said, I'd feel better about the Florida State matchup if we if Michigan had. You'd rather play Texas than Florida State. It's, it's very possible yeah. Florida State loses to Georgetown or Colorado in the second round. I, I don't I, I don't think Colorado's going to get that far. Uh, Georgetown no, is I interesting. So I don't always believe. Michigan fans might not believe this because we've had some March mad magic where Michigan either wins the Big Ten tournament or they're the last day, and they take that into a run in March where they get some upsets. 2018, they end up in the championship game. Mm-hmm. I don't believe momentum's a real thing going from your conference tournament to the Big Ten conference. Oh, or to the yeah. – I'm sorry, the Big Conference, the, big the national – yeah. Uh, and, and people have like looked at that, and it doesn't really. I, I would be in agreement out. with that. Yeah. Uh, but that that being said, I think Georgetown. You know, people were wondering uh, not too long ago if Ewing. You know, if he only has like a year left to show it or move on. And man, they they were playing very well. I'm really happy the committee didn't make them play a playing game. Yeah. Uh, did I, they think, ch- I think if you win your conference tournament. Then you don't you're, have you're to. An automatic bid. That's yeah. good, yeah. Because you you deserve it. And the Big East isn't bad. You have Villanova, right. who's right. Villanova's a four seed, a five seed. For for me, I, I think the top three. Well, I don't know. It's, it's difficult. But Big Ten's number one. Big Twelve's a close number two. And then for the three spot, I view like the Big East and the SEC very close to each other. Because the SEC's got like Florida, Alabama, LSU, who aren't like great teams outside of Bama, but. Solid teams in there. Both those conferences, Arkansas, the, the worst, the worst teams in those guys' conferences, though, are terrible. Though, yeah, and that's the, yeah, that's the difference. I think is is the type of schedule that you go through in the Big Ten, where right. there are no gimmies. Any game on the road in a non-COVID year, and even this year, was road games are difficult. But you 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 get really tested. I think going through a Big Ten schedule. Exactly. Think, yeah. That's that's the, that's why I put them number one, and the only conference that I think comes close is the Big Twelve. Because there are a lot of quality teams, and you play everybody twice in that one. Uh, it's like, it's it's like a, is rated number one uh, I mean, we got of all time. <laughs> Ken Palm, number one all times going back to 2001. That's 21 seasons. It's rated the best conference ever. Wow. And I That's think incredible. Got nine teams in the tournament. That's really impressive. I think Hunter Dickinson and Brandon Johns and Austin Davis – are going to look better in the tournament because they're not because the Big Ten has so many big guys yes. and. Yeah. It's that's, a gauntlet. That's a point I forgot about is that I'm excited to see Michigan State play against non-Big Ten teams. Yeah, well, no, that's that's exactly right because you have, like, it's kind of like being in a, a really crummy league where you, you you have this idea that you're better than you are and then you hit real competition. And it's like what exactly. Big Ten would do against the Pac-10 and the Rose Bowl a lot, maybe. I'm looking at some of these other teams. Like, I'm looking at Kansas. This is a team I really like. They beat Baylor by eight points. Uh, they have a nice resume. But then I go through the games and the quality of opponent that they're playing against. A lot of these are pushovers. Yeah. You know, a lot of these teams that are ranked that are that are three seeds, two seeds, four seeds. They didn't they didn't play anybody. I don't mean to be right. You know, but it's just like you know, when in a ten day span, Michigan's playing at Wisconsin, at Ohio State, Iowa at home, and Michigan State's playing exactly. Illinois and Indiana and at Maryland and then at Michigan. Like, it's it's just different. Yeah. Other teams don't go through. They, they'll face, like, one quality team a week, but the Big Ten will face two top-tier teams and then a quality team to follow it up. I hope Big Ten really dominates the tournament. I hope a 
a lot of Big Ten I wanna, teams. I want to see every Big Ten team get to the second weekend except Iowa because that's just the running joke is Iowa never making it to the second weekend. Yeah, I want everybody to make it except for Michigan State. Well, yeah, obviously it goes without saying. But <laughs> Iowa, I mean, I, I think Iowa will make it to the second round, but or to the second weekend, I mean, the Sweet 16. One thing, I, It would be pretty funny no. if they didn't because they, they never do. One thing I want to ask you guys is, you know, who are who are some of the some of the underdogs that you see in the bracket where there's someone that, you know, is going to go further than 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 you would think. I was I was going to say Loyola, uh-huh. but they play Illinois in the second round if they get that far. Okay, underseeded as an eight seed. Um, I just don't think they match up well to Illinois, and Illinois is playing so well right now. I'm glad you asked that question, Chris, because I'm going to take you to one of my favorite coaches in college basketball and a team that I think has kind of underperformed but is still very dangerous and runs a, a tight system. That's going to be Chris Beard in Texas Tech as a, a sixth seed. Ooh. But they got some really good players like Mac McClung, Terrence Shannon Jr., Kyler Edwards. And I just feel like Chris Beard is such a good X's and O's coach that he just needs a couple solid players who buy into his system. Getting Mac McClung, I believe he transferred from Georgetown, like, was huge, and where are they? Let me find it real quick. They're a sixth seed. They're the sixth seed in Baylor's bracket, so they'll be playing Utah State and then potentially Arkansas in the second weekend. I, the second game, I mean. I could I could see Texas Tech making a run to the Elite Eight, beating teams like Ohio State, and then just losing to Baylor, honestly. Or Purdue, I could see making a run. It's funny that you said that because a team that I thought that could make the Sweet 16 is Utah State because they have yeah. a really great defense. And so that's a team that I thought. So maybe the winner of that 6-11 gets propelled in, into greatness. Maybe they go all the way to the Elite Eight. Wisconsin, eight of their, let's see, how many losses? 12 losses is against one or two seeds. North Carolina is overseeded, and Baylor has not looked all that great since their COVID pause. I could see Wisconsin, who's the number 10 Ken Palms team, but it's a nine seed, getting to the Sweet 16. Whoa, that's a bold prediction. Let's go. They would only have to beat one number one seed, which they haven't done all year, but they've had a lot of cracks at it. I feel like they're due. I would would say Oklahoma, but if they beat Missouri, they're going to play Gonzaga in the second game, and I just feel like Gonzaga would not lose to that team. If If Gonzaga ends up playing Virginia... Virginia plays the opposite of the way Gonzaga wants to play. Iowa tried to out-Gonzaga Gonzaga. Yeah. Didn't work. They tried to zig, but they zagged. Yeah. (laughs) So on the flip side, let me ask you guys the same. I have more. I have a couple more. Okay. USC, who's a sixth seed, their uh, center is really good. Sorry, I'm blanking on his name. He's going to be a first-round NBA draft pick. Uh, I think they're under-seeded as a six. Also, Florida State, like I said, I would have made them a three seed. I think they're really good. They're really dangerous. And then Connecticut, who's also in our bracket, in Michigan brackets. Uh, they're really good, though. Yeah. And uh, Angel Jackson. Is that uh, U- uh, USC's uh, center that's an uh, NBA prospect? That's the female for the Trojan women's basketball. Oh. She's very <laughs> well, good as she's well. She's a definitely NBA uh, <laughs> uh, prospect. Um I like how we did believe, though, that that could go either way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, I remember thinking that um, Illinois had a tough bracket because not only them, 
But then you have Loyola. Uh, I like Tennessee. I really like Oklahoma State. Cade Cunningham is no joke. Uh, I like West Virginia, too. I think West Virginia is a tough team. Some people cooled on them because they lost three of their last five. Then we go through it, and all three were against quality opponents. I want the Pistons to take Cade Cunningham with the number one overall pick this upcoming. That's what you think he's that special? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I remember you telling me about him. I think you were maybe one of the first ones. And I I think the Pistons are on track to to hopefully get those ping-pong balls to drop the right way, and I think that could be a great addition. Maybe kickstart this this rebuild to Pistons' glory. I want to say the last mock I saw, he was number one, and then number two was uh, Gonzaga's Jalen Suggs, who was a big part of the reason. It's just so tough. Just keep losing, Pistons. I feel like, yeah, I feel like what the Pistons have done for the majority of my lifetime has been right there between, like, making the playoffs and missing. So you either make you basically get out in the first round and then you lose your lottery ticket or you barely get a lottery and it's not a good enough one. Like, Drummond was one of the best picks that we've had, and, like, even the, that's not enough to turn, like, a team yeah. around. You need an actual real superstar. That is where the Miami Dolphins have yeah. lived my entire life. Yeah, sorry. So let me so let me bring So let me, let me bring it back. So... I asked, uh, you know, who you thought would go far. Who do you think is overrated in this tournament and is highly uh, ranked and, and is going to take an early exit? Any of those teams? I don't see Colorado getting to Sweet 16. If they lose to Georgetown, that would, of course, be an upset. But if they lose to Florida State, I wouldn't really yeah, say it. 12, 12 beats five so often. I yeah. might not even call it an upset. Let's see, I well, could, Virginia might only have like six players available too. Yeah, they might not even play. Like I said, Gonzaga might not have to worry about Virginia or Kansas in their bracket. And I think they did that on purpose to like reward the number one overall yeah. seed. I know Ohio did State you, had a solid showing in the Big Ten tournament. I don't know if I would have made them a two seed, but they were also like discussed as a one seed so recently that I don't, I don't think they could have dropped to a three. But I, I don't, I don't really see Ohio State going super far. I can see them making it to the Sweet Sixteen, and and losing. They do not. They are not ranked well defensively. They're very low defensive, but they score a lot. I'd be curious to see, you know, like the the, the types of teams that I usually like to look at as being a I don't see upset it. early on as a team that's very very poor defensively, uh, but is used to scoring a lot of points. So like in Iowa, for example. But then I look at who Iowa's facing up, and they have a nice, have a nice, uh, have a nice path. So I don't yeah. look at them as, as going out early. But Iowa think, in the last six weeks too has gone from triple digits in their defensive rating to number fifty in the country. That's that's impressive. Yeah, they've yeah. really like shored up their defense. Plus, I wonder what that kind of like. I like to you know t- t- kind of you know take the offense as a series of the defensive numbers and kind of take defense seriously. But if you're that good, like I was great offense. Sometimes you plow through guys. Yeah. I mean, sometimes your defensive doesn't doesn't cost you because you're already up by thirty. Yeah. Who um, I don't see who Ohio State would lose to. Maybe Arkansas, yeah. but that would be sweet. I see Arkansas or Texas Tech. I'm not as high on Texas Tech as you. That's fair. Uh, do you, do you guys? Maybe it's because I have so much respect for Chris Beard because of their run to the championship game a couple years ago that I'm just like, this dude, he knows what he's doing. Do you, do you guys feel like some years the bracket, like, kind of, you get that bracket and you're like, oh, I can see it clearly. I can see this team going that way and this team going that way. Yeah. And then other times, like, your three favorite teams all end up in the same region, the ones that you thought would go. And it's like, this doesn't work out. Like, it's, it's hard to <laughs> – this one is doing that to me. It's kind of – it's kind of stumping me a little bit in some spots. Yeah, in 2013, I won my bracket pool 
because I was the only one who had Florida Gulf Coast beating Georgetown, and then I also had them beating the next team going to the Sweet 16. Nobody, See, that's what I do. Nobody else had them winning yeah. a single game. Yeah, that's and what I, I won like 200 bucks because of that. It's such a fun move with the with that first round upset is then to, and then to push them to the Sweet 16. Exactly. Yeah, that's the people, that's the lots move. Lots of people will one and done an upset team. Not many people will push cash them in on them twice. Round. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I called Loyola Chicago going to the Final Four three years ago. No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what do you guys look for when you're looking at teams like Liberty and Moorhead State and um, Colgate? And you might not have a time to research it, but as you're filling out your brackets, what kinds of things are you looking for from that team? Do you go through the schedule, see who they played, what the scores were? What do you do? What do you rely on when you haven't when you haven't gotten to do the eye test with them? Because you haven't got to watch them. Defense travels. Also, like, let's look at Michigan State versus UCLA. I always feel like the Big Ten's at a disadvantage when it comes to a Rose Bowl because we're going out to where they play. Like Pasadena. For UCLA, that's that's their home field. Well, guess what? UCLA has to come to Big Ten country. That's going to be benefit Michigan State. They're going across a couple time zones to play Michigan State. So those are the type of things I look at, and when – yeah, but why does it what does it matter? You're all staying in the hotels anyway. You're both out of you're, none of you are comfortable in your own environment. If you look at sports, Mackey. When you look at sports, teams that travel tend to lose more. I see. Look at uh, when the AFC West has to go up against the NFC East. If they're playing in New York, you better pick the Giants. If they're playing in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, I guess. Since there's not, you should pick the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, especially if it's close. Is it the time in the air that costs them? It puts their body into like fatigue or something. Or is it the – why do you think the reason is Cause travel? Because I, I get playing at the home court, but you're saying, you know, 50-50 arena, no, nobody's at home, but these guys traveled further. Why do you think – I just think traveling sucks. and well, Lack some, of sleep, yeah, throws you off your routine. Yeah, levels that yeah. close. Also, look at the southern teams. They all do better in the bowl games. They're all played south of the Mason-Dixon line unless you're in the Pizza Pizza Bowl. You know? Interesting. Yeah, so like – It's now the Motor City Bowl. <laughs> Uh, so like you know, this year they're all played in Indiana, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think Midwest teams are definitely going to be at an advantage. I feel like yeah, Purdue it's going to be pretty much in their hometown. I don't know where Butler did Butler. Butler didn't make it. Oh, yeah. Such a missed opportunity. Uh, so Purdue is playing North Texas, then Villanova, then they'd probably be playing Wisconsin because Baylor's not going to make it. Uh, I think the easiest. Who are you rooting for in the Sweet 16 between well, Baylor or between Wisconsin and Purdue, Joe? Ugh. Um, <laughs> well, let me let me answer Chris's question. I often look for like multiple players rolling at the same time. Like my ideal hot March Madness team has a clear alpha dog, but it also has a very clear cut Robin and Nightwing. So you don't just have Batman; you also have his two main sidekicks, and they're all rolling. You know? Wait, wait. You said Batman? Batman, and then Robin, and then Nightwing. Nightwing is his second. Is that uh, Nightwing Robin? Sidekick? No, Nightwing's not Robin. Robin and Nightwing are two totally different people, I believe. I'm, I'll have to ask Farber. You would probably know better than me. I think you mean Darkwing Duck. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's get dangerous. Nightwing. I Nightwing? Nightwing? Nightwing is a thing. Yeah. He's got like. He's the, a DC comic. He's, he's Robin's assistant? He's no, one down he's, from Robin's no, secretary. He's one of Batman's. He's uh, Robin's secretary. So when Robin's out. Yeah, he takes the call, leaves a little post-it. Nightwing? I actually thought, like, Robin turned into Nightwing 
Mike. I guess he does. You might be right, Mike. But oh, anyway, wow. Anyways, <laughs> I, I look for... I'm I usually look for, wrong about stuff like that. I look that. for teams, very like, like Mike said, def- with good defense because defense travels, and then two to three or four players rolling offensively that you can just rely on. Like, Illinois got that going right now because Curbelo... Like, they, they've had Coburn and Frazier and Desunmu going all year. Now Curbelo's playing out of his mind. Now Georgie Bashanishvili has stepped up. Like they, they just have so many pieces rolling, and that's, and they're all kind of buying into their role. That's what you look for. I hate it, but I also want to see Oklahoma State and Illinois in the Sweet Sixteen. The Orange Bowl. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't like Illinois. Like I never had an opinion before this year. I think Izzo was right to call them Cockburn and asshole. Why? Um, why? What did they do wrong? Fuck them. That's why. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm curious about that because, like, I, I, I like Coburn and Desunmu both. What, what's, what's not to like? Oh, I don't side? dislike the players. I dislike the fans and their athletic director that decided to sound like a fan on a 24 message board complaining about something he voted for not only at for the me, beginning of the season but two weeks before complaining. I the last yeah. time I really hated Illinois was like 05, 06 when they had like D Brown and oh, what's his face? Joe. I'm drawing a blank on his Was that the year they played North Carolina? Yeah, they played North Carolina. Then the next year, uh, the other two were gone, but D. Brown was still there, and they were still really good. Like, it took forever for me to see Michigan State beat Illinois in basketball. And we finally did in the 06 Big Ten tournament. But I, I haven't seen Illinois be any good since then, and I always kind of grew up thinking that Illinois was, was the shiz. They've had some flashes, like, during the regular season. But yeah, but they've really never been, like, up to that They've always underproduced. That they were I feel like I feel like they're underproduced in the every fifteen the years. The they made the final four or lead eight. Michigan beat them in the lead eight, I think, in eighty nine. I thought it was the final four. Maybe it was the final four. Uh but they were number two and three in the Big Ten that year. Indiana won it. But Michigan they beat Michigan in uh, late season, but Michigan got them back in the tourney. They kinda of went away for fifteen years. Like I said, we'll run her up against North Carolina, and then they emerged now, and those are the three times they were good in their hundred-year history. <laughs> so, I, so I was I was just about to bring up Illinois before you guys did, and I was going to say about this part of the bracket that there's not a team there. I think that's the easiest road that a number one team has. I think they have the weakest two and three. I know you said you, you'd like West Virginia, but no, I, I look at the. I think they have the hardest. Really? Yep. I you like think it's the toughest. Yeah, I think uh, Loyola's underseeded. I think Oklahoma State's underseeded. West Virginia's rightfully seeded, and so is Houston, but I think they're really good. They're both top 12 teams in the country, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Houston's probably like top six or seven. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, they could get beat in the Sweet 16, and they could play a good game, and Kate Cunningham could just take over. Yeah. I, you talk about possibly having to play Loyola and then, oh, it's, yeah, Loyola and then either Oklahoma State or maybe Tennessee, and then having to play either Houston or West Virginia. Like, yeah, that that could wear on a team. I, but I, I just feel like they're rolling with like so many different. Players. They're part of the reason that region is so good, but I don't think the NCAA did them any favors. Uh, I am. We talked about Michigan losing in the Big Ten tournament and benefiting. I. As good as Bama and some of the other teams are in Michigan's region, I am glad they're in that region and not the other one. Because, I mean, Oklahoma State should be a three seed. As much as I like West Virginia, I think it would even make more sense if they flipped those two. Just so uh, just so Illinois isn't playing Oklahoma State till 
the Elite Eight if they both make it that far. Yeah. And then I think the easiest, especially if uh, uh, Virginia and Kansas get knocked out is Gonzaga's uh, bracket. Uh, I think Virginia would be tough if they stay in just because of matchups, not necessarily because Virginia is a four seed. Kansas, too, they're good, but they don't do anything very well. They're 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 a good defensive team, but Jalen Wilson a is a good player, but he's their top scorer, and I think he's still a year away from really being one of the best players in the country. Michigan fans, of course, are familiar with him because he was going to come to Michigan if Beeline stayed. And like I said, he's a good player that does a lot of things well, but he's supposed to be their alpha dog on offense, and I think he's a year away from being that on an elite team. Kansas is a good team though. Beat yeah. beat Baylor seventy one to fifty eight. Uh, beat Texas. The you week you were before. talking about their schedule not being too tough. I think it was tough. They played Texas Tech, Texas, and Baylor all three in a row. Yeah. No. Okay. That's that's my that's exactly my point. Those are like the three quality games we could find in the entire season. West you know, Virginia. I mean, they lost Oklahoma State. They lost to Oklahoma. No, they beat Oklahoma State. Gabe Cunningham. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Big 12 is still down to Big 10, but I think they're a quality number two. <laughs> I guess I just was comparing it where I was like, okay, I know what Michigan did. I know what that season felt like, what that schedule felt like. And then going to a team in a non-Big 10 conference, it seemed like get those cushy gains that <laughs> you can kind of like yeah. bounce back with. Like, And you're right. you know, Maybe that wasn't the best example because they did have some quality opponents yeah, there. But it's just like you didn't, you didn't go through the gauntlet like we did in the Big Ten. Go to Pac-12 and the American and the Big East and <laughs> compare it to the Big Ten. Do you think there's anything to getting like too beat up and playing too many significant games that it actually hurts you? Or do you think playing a higher quality opponent is only beneficial? If Michigan State gets to Sunday, you could yep. see that. That would yeah. be their third game in... Four days, right? No, wait. How? No, because it's Monday this if, year. If it happens, yeah, because the schedule is all weird. Thursday, happens, Saturday, Monday. Thursday, then Saturday, then Monday. Yeah, and even though I'm not super high on Texas, I think they're a good team, a probably Sweet 16 team. Okay. Uh, playing Texas, who they would probably play, I could see if Michigan State just went through UCLA and BYU. Just kind of down. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the time has come, gentlemen, for us Whoa. to give our, our final four Make picks. our predictions? That's right. Uh-oh. I won't ask you Are you who guys your national ready? champion is. If you want to, you can you can throw in your national champion. But, uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Who are your four teams? Okay, well, out of the East, I have Juwan Howard's Michigan Wolverines. Woo! Livers <laughs> playing, right? He's healthy. <laughs> let, let me check for an update. <laughs> yeah, so this is one for me. So I, I really like Kansas right now. That's a team that I think I think they have the potential to play with any team. I don't know that they showed the consistency they wanted to, but uh, I think Gonzaga either goes out like to a Virginia or they end up losing to Kansas. So I have Kansas coming out of the West. Ooh. Out of the South, I mean, I hate to do it. I just think that Baylor's the best team on the board. Um, I think they and Gonzaga are both really, really strong this year. I think they are good on both sides of the floor, and I hate to pick a one just in general. But uh, for the south part of the bracket, I've got Baylor. And then, you know, same thing with the, uh, the Midwest where I, I just don't feel like there's a team, and I don't, I don't think Houston or West Virginia is going to beat them. I don't think Oklahoma State's going to beat them. 
I say Tennessee comes from the Midwest. I do kind of like them. They're a little raw and a little up and down. I mean, that might be another reason. I just think that region's tough. Yeah. Uh, who's the number five in the East? Uh, that would be Colorado. Yeah, see, I oh, man, Tennessee would be Colorado by double digits. Yeah. So my final four is Kansas playing University of Michigan and Baylor playing Tennessee. Can you say that real quick again? Sure. Kansas, I've got, uh, I've got Kansas coming out of the West, Michigan coming out of the East. They'll play. And then Baylor will play Tennessee out of the South and Midwest. Okay. I, I'm writing that down. I think you did on that piece of paper, too. Are you ready, Joe, or should I go? I can go. Okay. Uh, so I believe out of the West will be Gonzaga. I don't think they'll win the championship, but I do believe they get to the final weekend. Real quick, only the, that would only be their second Final Four appearance ever, which is yeah. weird. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Do you guys remember when they were like, they were, they, they they were that like upstart like team? Yeah. They I were just, like that team that wasn't supposed to be there, and you, it was like Gonzaga. Like, 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 well, like, they're like Nats. They're like, Gonzaga, get out of here. And who was that guy, like, Brian Morrissey or whoever? Adam Morrison. And then he lost, and he was like crying on the ground. I was like, right. get and then he grew like a pedophile stash and... I just I don't really trust anybody from that region as much as I trust Gonzaga. I don't trust Iowa to make a run. I don't really trust Virginia. I don't think I Iowa even get there to lose to them. I, feel I don't like, think they'll exactly. even make it that far. Yeah. I, I, I feel like Virginia could pop them and then lose the next game. The South region is where I really struggle. I, I don't know who to pick. Like p- Part of me thinks maybe Purdue comes out of it. I thought I about Purdue. I'm, so I'm just going to roll. I really did. I'm going to roll with my... my my beard mate, and go with Chris Beard and Texas Tech as a six seed making it. <laughs> I told you that uh, Purdue and Wisconsin are going to be playing in the Sweet 16. <laughs> I got Utah State in my Sweet 16, so hopefully one of us goes in. Out of the Midwest, I, I got to roll with the Fighting Illini, the Big Orange. I just think they're just mm-hmm. rolling so hot right now. And then out of the East, I just I don't know where to go with this one, but I just feel like my gut tells me. That the, 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 t- the timing is right. Florida State. I look at the Texas. patterns. Out of the East will be Michigan State. Oh, it's gonna be a run Whoa. for the ages. <laughs> if if they lose to UCLA, leave Joe alone. Give him a day to at least. That is such a <laughs> no, bold I am, take. I am mentally prepared and emotionally prepared for any outcome to happen. All right, but is this really what you think? Yes, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna run it back. I'm gonna double. Are you down. a guy that can't bet against his own team? I, I will not pick against Tom Izzo in March. All right. So you're saying, even though this team barely got into the playoff to get into the tournament, you're saying they're going to go to the Final Four and probably lose to Gonzorbo. Yeah. Let's let's. Do they beat it. Michigan on the way? Why not? Sure. Michigan to get to the, uh, the final Elite four. Eight. Yeah, Boy. <laughs> let's go with it. <laughs> all right, so get sorry. Right, so get, all right, I'm so you made one clown pick, which yeah, is okay. I, know, I shouldn't have picked Illinois to go. <laughs> <laughs> Gonzaga versus the Spartans. So you have two number one seeds, a Michigan Illinois. State, and a number six. Okay, right. let me do the seeds. Michigan State is two number one seeds. They're one one. So you got Illinois, and then you got uh, you got Texas Tech. Yeah. Okay. Michigan State's two. No, they're a double one seed. Well, that is four. Well, that is okay. You have got one good pick out of the three. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I respect one. I respect the same Gonzaga goes. If that Final Four actually comes to fruition, I will retire. You know, it's <laughs> always like 
Is there a party when you look at this thing? Like, I almost feel like it. I hate to pick a one, so you kind of just like want to find someone yeah. else. But Hypothetically, I could also see Alabama coming out of the. I like Bama. Very good. So. I, I fear Bama. Hypothetically. Well, wait, have, what seed is Michigan State? 11. They're two one seeds. <laughs> you laugh now. <laughs> you laugh now, but well, I'm so laughing. You, you covered these, man. We had to acknowledge it. <laughs> I wish I turned my. There we go. <laughs> I wish I turned my. <laughs> You see what I'm doing there, right? <laughs> Yeah, I did. Anyways. I felt like it needed to be acknowledged. <laughs> is, is, isn't there some times you look at the, the bracket when you first get it, though, and you're just like, I think it's going to be four number one seeds, even though it like, never happens? Like, like, you, you just feel like, wow, they're really good. Like, I've picked, I've picked too many higher seeds to win in this one. I got I don't th- like, I don't think VCU is going to beat Oregon, but I've, i I got to pick those upset somewhere, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, Mike, are you prepared? I, I think I am. Looking over here. Do okay do first for West, West, West. I, uh, the best in the West is Gonzaga. Sorry, I really like Jalen Suggs. I like their supporting cast. Kispert's really good. They yeah, and he's an NBA prospect. Uh, I, I think um, I, I, I don't for some reason I don't see them winning at all. But I just don't see anyone in that region that I could see really knocking them off. I'm on the same. Like Virginia, just from style of play, but we we already saw Iowa and them play. Uh, The number of Kansas University. I'm not as high on them. I think they should be a four or five. They're a good team. Like I said, they're not good enough defensively. Minded four or five. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I they, their defense isn't good enough to shut Gonzaga down, and their offense isn't good enough to keep up with them. Okay, uh, I think they're a team. They're a year away. I like them next year. Creighton's good. I think Creighton could. If Creighton beats Virginia, I think Creighton could give Gonzaga a game. But yeah, well, I got Ken Palm's got Kansas is the sixth best defensive team in the country. Yeah, they they should hang a banner for that. You know, that's the Illinois route. Uh, let's see, and then in the East. I kind of am going with you guys. Like, as much as like, liver's injury took the wind out of my sails. Like, I don't love anyone enough in the East region to be like. I don't see Michigan beating them. Like, I think Florida State and Alabama. Maybe we have the easiest road. I do. I I think we do. Unless uh, Virginia and Kansas get popped, I think they do. I do, like I said, I really like, I, I love that Alabama and UConn have to play each other in the second round if they both advance. Because I think, those, along with Florida State, they're the teams that uh, give Michigan the most trouble. I also think Joe Spartans, if they decide that they're going to play like we've seen them play at times, I think they have a nice first weekend. Cause they, tech- they've had a nice week off. This is the first time they've had a break in forever, you know. Some rest is doing good. I, that's kind of how I felt when Michigan got popped out of the Big Ten tournament. Like I'm like, okay. Uh, but UCLA, I think Michigan State should be – I think BYU is beatable. They're a nice team. And I think BYU and Texas are closer together in talent than people think. I think Michigan State – I would g- give them slight underdogs in both of those games, but I would not be shocked. I think if Michigan State makes it out of the first round, you'll see a lot of headlines around here. And their fans should be happy, but I don't think that's – I, I think people should be less surprised. That well, being I, like said, like I said, I am emotionally prepared for any outcome going forward. <laughs> that go being ahead, said, go ahead. All the t- everybody on Twitter was like, "Oh man, there's so many good teams in the tournament." Of course, there's. This is a tournament. It's the NCAA tournament. Right. Uh, I think I'm gonna go Bama though. 
I, I just I wish Michigan had livers. I would be a homer if yep. they did. Yep. I think Bama's a little bit better than UConn and Florida State. I think Michigan State, they would play, if they beat Texas, they would play Bama. Yep. If, uh, if, Roll time. If it's chalk, that's where Michigan State, That's a, that weekend, Michigan and Michigan State are both going to succumb to Bama. That's yeah. we that, yeah that second week out of the revenge for that college football playoff loss. Man. So Mike, sorry. So you've got Gonzaga. I got Michigan. And you've got oh you do have what? Oh no, I'm sorry. I got Bama. Sorry. You just he he's trying. You to, said it. He said Michigan. He said Michigan. He's trying to he's trying to double down. the East. Let, let me make this perfectly so when we look clear. Look back on it. He can be like, no, I said Michigan. Let me be no, perfectly got, clear. Yeah. For the East, I have Alabama. Yep. And Michigan and UConn and Florida State. <laughs> no, no, I was just kidding. Bama, no, you've, got Gonzaga, Bama Gonzaga, you've got Gonzaga, the one playing Bama, the two. Yep. And then you have. Let me go have... to Midwest. Okay. I am thinking. Oh, God. It's got to be one of these 16 teams. Clemson. Yeah. I, I'm picking Illinois. Liberty. I really want to pick Oklahoma State. I really want to see the Illinois fans cry. Um, but, can I do it? Illinois is an easy choice in that bracket, obviously. And what the hell is going on <clears> in the <throat> South? Like, what the heck? Yeah, Baylor. That's, that's a tough one. They've been up lately. What do you um, mean what's going on in the South? you think they're all weak? I, I, I don't really, like, love a single team I mean, in that. Baylor's, legit, Baylor's a legitimate number one seed this I year. I like Purdue more than I like Texas. Tech. I nearly went Purdue. Uh, both of us kind of thought yeah. about Purdue. You know what? My, God, my heart will not let me pick Purdue to go to a Final Four, but they are playing the closest to home than anybody. So, you I just know, think Travion could dunk on anybody. Yeah, plus... Uh, I believe Zach Eady or uh, Jaden Ivy. I mean, is there a freshman guard rolling? Sorry, Mike. We're kind of cutting you off. No, I'm not mad about that. I just realized who's going to win this bracket. It's Ohio State. Whoa! Hey, okay, David, shoot. One to pick Ohio State out of all. That's of not a bad pick. I mean, they're a really, really good team as well. The way they were shooting that love three to see. on those screens. It's going to be Ohio State and Illinois. And a rematch, and I'm going to hate my life. That's a rubber match. That'll be the fourth time they've played. What I'd love to see, and it, and it really is not really that unrealistic for it to happen, would be like for Wisconsin to lose to Purdue in that round and then lose to – like it's all Big Ten teams basically pushing forward and then only a big – the only team that can knock out a Big Ten team is another Big Ten team, and it just ends up being a bunch of Big Ten teams. You know, the, the Big Ten gets to the Final Four so much, and they get to the championship game quite a bit. They haven't won in 21 years. I think yeah. even if four Big Ten teams got to the Final Four, the Big Ten still want to bring home the, the championship. Elite Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's canceled for team. COVID. Yeah. 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 That's what would happen. It will be Gonzaga versus Iowa, and then in the East, Michigan versus Michigan State, and then in the Midwest, Illinois will have to play Rutgers, and then in the South, Purdue will have to play Ohio State. So we'll have seven of the eight Elite Eight teams. Yeah, the two we That's don't. That's my prediction. What, what ones will we have? Seven of the eight. Which one? Well, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Ohio State, Illinois, and Rutgers. But is Rutgers really a Big Ten team? <laughs> I don't think so. They're in New York. <laughs> Jersey uh, type of TV. <laughs> so, all right, start of the West, we've got Kansas, Gonzaga, and Gonzaga. Out of the East, we have University of Michigan, Michigan State, and Bama. Out of the South, Baylor, Texas, and Ohio State. And then out of the Midwest, Tennessee, Illinois, Illinois. So no, there's only Texas like, Tech. Make sure you got that for Joe. Right. I said Texas and said Texas Tech. Sorry, but everybody knows knows. Can what you I go meant. back through that slower real yeah. quick and maybe yeah. say which person chose which one? So let's start out with Joe, the Michigan State Spartan. And His four are okay. Gonzaga, 
against Michigan State, and on the other side, Texas Tech versus Illinois. Mike's bold prediction is Gonzaga. Oh, Super Bowl, the one seed. Mm-hmm. Nice. A two seed in Ohio. Wait, two seed in Bama playing against each other. That'd be a good game. And then Ohio State versus Illinois, a Big Ten matchup to go to the national championship. So that's your final four. But I'm not. That's going to happen. Yeah. My final four is. You said Kansas? Kansas, Baylor, Michigan, Tennessee. Oh, wow. I was thinking we all picked Gonzaga and we all picked Illinois, but you didn't pick either one. You know who I wanted to pick? I wanted to pick Michigan. Uh, Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, and Illinois. <laughs> but, I hate to, but I hate to look at a bracket and think, gosh, those number one seeds are yeah. good. It's not going to go that way. So I tried to pick a, a couple of teams that I thought would be there. But, again, it's that, that type of year where it's like when you have some guys, that you re- teams that you really like, but then they're in the same part of it. So you can't really pick more than a, more than a couple to come out of there. I rarely go higher than a four because while it does happen, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, almost every like, and you think it happens more well, than even it, for the final four. You got to basically you got twelve teams to put in the final four. Yeah, so, pretty yeah. much. Yep. Yeah. Well, everybody, uh, this was a jam-packed couple segments, but we're just so excited to get to March Madness, man. It's oh, been yeah. a long time. Illinois. Things are starting to feel normal and precedented just a little bit, and it's gonna feel good to just watch some basketball all next weekend. So from Chris, Mike, myself, thank you, everybody, for joining the Paul Bunyan podcast on this ride. I'm depressed. I just realized who the good teams are. And it but it's not me. more depressing than no basketball. Yeah, that's true. With Ohio State and Illinois, uh, even Bama, I hate the football team. So now, so next time we talk, we'll, we'll only have 16, 16 teams left, which is Most incredible. Likely. In four days, you get through two full rounds. That's right. So do we reset then and make new predictions in the Sweet 16? My teams are going to make it to the Sweet 16, so... TBD. But does everybody get to reset? Yeah, we can. Pick their final four as yeah, man. champion again? After, oh, yeah, after yeah we'll, we'll discuss it, obviously. Okay. After yeah. Loyola beats Illinois, I'll have to repick. That's that's a hometown... That's a crosstown showdown right there. Yeah, I was worried they were going to make Michigan play them in the second round because Michigan has a large alumni base in Chicago, but I forgot that Illinois is in Chicago. Yeah. It's important to remember well, geography, Chicago. my friends. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now I want everybody... Pick a number 10 seed or worse that's going to go to the final four. I have mine. It's number 10 seed Maryland. We'll get out on this. Okay. Uh, I already did. Michigan State. <laughs> are they even in? Are they they're in? 11. Oh, I mean, they're. Wait, are wait. Are they wait. in? Well, they're not in yet until they win the one. They're two ones. Yeah, they're double one seed. So I guess from that logic, <laughs> seed or worse. Well, you just picked Michigan State. Uh, Rick Pitino was going to cheat his way to the Final Four. Wait, to the Final Four? Ooh. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I don't I don't want it to happen. Ten or worse, double-digit team. I hate Rick Pitino. I don't really like picking teams higher than four to make the Final Four. Just I know. That's why it's a odds. challenge. I don't like any of these teams. I'm going to take another one in Utah State. That's another uh, upset-minded They're team really that I feel like. Either. It, uh, pretty good. I don't like them. I, I, it would probably be Georgetown or Michigan State. Uh, Since Joe picked Michigan State, I'll no, I'll pick Michigan State. What? Ooh. Holy shit! I wish when, I hadn't asked that question. When Tom Izzo doesn't have to play Middle Tennessee State or Syracuse, he's good. That's true. That's, yeah. that's a fact. Yeah. All right, but, I mean, honestly, I've seen them beat some good teams this year. So I mean, to be honest, two one seeds. Every, every time I believe in them, though, they like 
I thought for sure they were going to beat Maryland. I can't believe they lost there. Yeah, they were just playing easy breezy. They didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Someone brought up that both Michigan State's basketball and football programs beat ranked teams this year and then lose to teams they should beat. I thought that was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's anybody our football team should have beaten, but that's, that's <laughs> a different discussion for a different day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs>